Masechet Gitin, Daf Lamed. We're going to see a new Mishnah today that has nothing to do with Gitin, uh, but is only connected because the previous Mishnah was about the presumption that if the last time you saw someone they were alive, then you can presume that they are still alive. Uh, but that will relate to Teruman Maser. Um, but first, we're going to complete the discussion here about adding a condition to a get. A husband tells his wife, here is a get, and it will be effective from now if I do not arrive within 30 days. So he's going away on a trip. He doesn't want his wife to be in Aguna. And if he should leave and who knows, get lost, we don't know what's going to happen to him. He doesn't want his wife to be stuck and never know where he is. So therefore he says, if I don't come back, then you are divorced and that way you can go and marry anyone you want. Anyway, ata upesa upsake mi mavra. Amalehu hazuda tai hazuda tai. And so on the thirtieth day, exactly at the end of the day, right before sunset. He is on the other side of a river, um, but he wasn't able to go because the ferry was on the uh, was was not there. Uh, he missed the last ferry um, from of, of the day. The ferry was on the on the wrong side, but he's at the dock on the other side of the river and he's yelling and and waving. Look, I come, I came back, I came back. Does that count? Shmuel says, sorry. Uh, a for effort, but uh, you don't doesn't does not count. Um, so even though it was uh, impossible, it was he uh, against his uh, will. He really wanted to be there, and he did everything he could. And uh, nevertheless, uh, we say even though it's beyond your ability to come back, but you tried as much as you can. Um, this is called ones. We're going to see it here in a second. Um, this would be an ones begitin, uh, something that is beyond your control. We do not consider uh, to be, uh, uh, we not, did not come to, into consideration legally, and therefore you did not fulfill this condition of coming back, and you are divorced. Okay, that is the law. Now, hahu damar lehu. A similar incident of a husband who gives a get to an agent and he says, if I am not able to appease my wife within 30 days, then this get should be effective. And now, he went and he tried to appease her. He apologized. He says he loves her, all that, but she would not be appeased. She says, no, I still want my divorce. Uh, what's the law? Amar of Yosef, Rav Yosef said, it is a, a valid divorce. Did the husband do everything possible? Did he give her a, a, a big box full of money and she was still not appeased? He didn't do that, right? So he said, he said he's sorry. Maybe he wrote a poem. He gave some flowers. Not good enough. So the condition doesn't depend on his effort. It depends on the result. He said, if she will not be appeased, and she is not appeased, and therefore this would be the same as what Shemuel said, uh, something that is honest is not counted legally, even as much as he tried. That is one version of what Rav Yosef said, but then there's an opposite version. Rav Yosef said it as a question. See, you know, he, he the same words can mean one thing if you say, 
it as a statement, a different thing, as you say, if you say it as a question. He said, did he, uh, does he need to give her a box full of, of coins? What does the guy need to do to uh, appease her, right? He did everything he can. He sent flowers, chocolates, he wrote a poem, he, he apologized, he was sincere about it, and still she, was, she wouldn't be appeased. So that's her problem. He made all his effort, and therefore that counts, effort counts, and because he did he did what he had to do he did enough and therefore the get is invalid right because the condition was not fulfilled he did what he had to do to appease her even though she wasn't appeased okay so this is very opposite uh, um, conclusion so we say the second version of Rav Yosef uh, says that um, we do count honest it does have legal standing and and, and a get if you tried even though as much as you can to um, to do something so that the get would not be fu be, be fulfilled, um, then that counts as long as you did everything you could and it would be on your control. It's beyond the husband's control whether the whether she's going to feel in the mood to accept the apology or not. But he did everything he can and therefore it's not a get. And whereas the first version Hakiman Damad and on the Spigitin first version says only if the literal meaning of the uh, condition is fulfilled. Um, uh, or in this case, rather not triggered, uh, then it will, it will not be a get. But if literally what he says uh, uh, doesn't happen, then the get goes through. If he's not actually back in the city, even though he's on the other side saying, here I am, or if he did, he did, he, he did apologize, but she didn't accept it, then she didn't accept it, right? And therefore it is a get according to the second opinion that says, and on this biggie teen. Okay, that concludes that topic of regarding get and now next topic so a person a farmer landowner uh, lends money to either a kohen or a levi or a poor person and uh, that way, when he separates teruma, maser, rishon, or maser ani, respectively, that he will deduct that from the loan. The idea is as follows: Let's say you have a poor person, and so maser sheni goes, uh, maser ani rather, goes to a poor person, and in instead of uh, waiting, the poor person having to wait until the produce grows, and then we'll see how much there is. Is there a lot? Is there a little? Um, uh, but then to, for the to, for the poor person to get it, they make a deal at the beginning of the season. It's kind of like uh, selling futures. And so the farmer says, listen, I don't want to deal and go find a poor person when, when my produce is ready. Here, I'm going to give you $1,000 now, right? And that's an estimate of how much my ma'asad is going to be. Uh, so here's $1,000 up front. I'm giving it to you as a loan that you're gonna, you'll have to pay back. But in reality, the poor person will not have to pay it back, and there's no ex expectation that the poor person will have to take will have to pay it back. Instead, the farmer is going to uh, eventually, when the produce grows, he will separate maaser uh, ani and uh, say, "Okay, how much is here? Uh, whatever, nine hundred fifty dollars. I'm deducting that from the loan, and uh, so that way the poor person doesn't have to pay back the loan, and so he simply keeps that produce." Same 
same thing with Tiruma. Uh, Tiruma is going to be uh, in total uh, $100 for Tiruma. So he tells the Kohen, here's $100. I'm lending it to you. When the produce comes, uh, comes uh, 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 ready, then I'll separate some Tiruma. Now Tiruma, the, reg- the farmer can't eat himself, um, but uh, the monetary value is already paid for because that will be deducted from the loan amount. And then the farmer can take that Tiruma and he can sell it to a Kohen or use it to pay a Kohen worker whatever. And the same thing with Maaser Rishon that goes to a Levi. Maaser Rishon is only a monetary obligation to give to the Levi, but anyone can eat it, right? A Levi has Maaser Rishon. The Levi can invite over Yisrael to come and eat it with him or can sell it back. And so same thing here. I'm going to give the Levi from now. That way Levi knows he has a set amount of to uh, to live by for the year, and um, the and the owner says now I don't have to deal with finding it finding a levy. It's good for both parties. The levy also or this ani or kohen also knows he will be the beneficiary of it, right? Because otherwise you never know what, who the farmer is going to decide to give it to later on. And so this is a very good deal for both. And so um, it, it could be in the end that the the produce will be less than the amount and if it's less than a thousand dollars the expectation is that the loan will not be paid back the rest of it will just um, go away as a gift um so it's uh he's he may be overestimating but the farmer's okay with that it's a, he knows it's a set amount and then whatever uh, um uh whatever he produces uh, will just uh, he will separate deduct and he doesn't have to give anyone anything any actual fruit because he paid them all already. Okay, and why we're bringing all this? Because the point is, we assume that that person is still alive, right? Way in the beginning in, uh, of the season, he gave this loan to the Kohen, to the Levi, or to the poor person. Now, if that Kohen or Levi or poor person died, then they no longer can be a recipient of the Tiruma or Maaser Rishon or Maaser Ani. And if they're not a recipient, then the farmer has to give it to someone else. But the Mishnah teaches, you don't, you can assume if the last time you saw them, they were alive, you can assume they are alive now and you can separate it out even without seeing them and saying, oh, this is, this will be the Tiruma and uh, I'll deduct it from the amount. And then you can take the Tiruma as your own. You can own it. A Kohen has to eat it. But you're allowed to own it. Now, Matu, what if in fact they did die, right? You got a message, a message, oh, this Kohen that you had made, made this deal with has died, or the Levi. Then Sarikli told Rashut Min Hayorshim. Then you have to go to the heirs and say, Listen, I made this deal with your father. Uh, that I lent him money, and so uh, you know you would have to be pay back. We're going to see in the Gemara: Do the heirs have to pay back? It depends if the, if they have if they inherited land or not. If they inherited land, then the then the inheritors will have to pay the loan. So the farmer can go to them and say, "Listen, well, you have this loan out, so either pay back or we can make the same deal, right? If they're sons of Kohanim, then they're probably Kohanim too." They are Kohanim too, um, and um, the heirs most of the time will be also a Kohen or also a Levi, if their father was a Levi, unless there's daughters or uh, other cases. Um, and so he says, listen, you want to make the same deal, any produce that I uh, have, 
I will take Teruma and I'll deduct that from your loan. Um, so if the heirs are okay with that, then you can then you can continue. But you have to get their permission. Uh, if, however, he uh, made this loan in front of a Betin, then he does not have to get permission from the inheritors. In other words, if it was done in front of Betin, if it's done just with an individual, then the deal is only with that individual. The individual dies, and now the deal may not, will not continue. Um, after all, if it's not with land, if they don't inherit land, then they don't even have to pay it back. So then uh, you can't just assume that this deal will go through, as the Gemara will explain. But if you did it in front of Betin, Betin acts like kind of like a corporation. You make a deal with a corporation, even if the uh, owner of that corporation dies, so someone will take it over that has a corporate entity. And Betin has that effect, that the Betin can make a deal basically on behalf of all Kohanim, or all Levim, or even all poor people, and say, um, Listen. Even if this particular Levi dies, you, um, we, you, you, you can deduct your loan from all le- all Levim, and you don't have to give the uh, produce to any other Levi. And so he do- he will not have to get permission from the heirs. That's the Mishnah. Now, Now we ask, hold on, even this you can do this deal even though let's say the Tiruma did not actually get to the uh, hands of the Kohen. I mean, besides the monetary value, isn't there also a mitzvah to actually separate the, the Tiruma and give it to a Kohen? Separate the and give it to a Levi, right? Where is the act of, of, of giving? So we're going to see three answers. Rav says we're talking about um, a case where a person, this farmer, always gives it to the same Levi. Every time, or Kohen, or, or Levi. He always gives it to the same. Since he always gives it to the same person, it's always, they have a relationship, they're friends. Um, so it's already expected, so it's like he already gave it. Right, uh, like kind of like you know, if you go to a certain store and pick up the newspaper every single day, the guy knows the regular. So you know what? You don't. It's like it's already his, um, even without doing an act, uh, an act of transfer. That's one answer. Shmuel Amar b'mezakelahem al yedei acherim. Shmuel says, oh, no, you can transfer it to this kohen or levi with a third party. The farmer just gets anybody off the street and says, listen, come do me a favor. Um, take these uh, these olives here on behalf of that Kohen. And you can do that because so that third party, he doesn't acquire it for himself, he acquires it for the Kohen, then he gives it back to the farmer, and the farmer now says, okay, I, I did my act of giving, but now I will deduct the uh, deduct it from the loan, and now I will I will uh, keep the produce. Oh, that's the second answer. Third, Ula Amar Hamaner Biosehi says he's even a minority opinion, but he says in various cases uh, the sages can make a an ordinance and say even someone who didn't actually acquire it, it's like they acquire it. And so here we will um, uh, we will implement that that we will make it as if they actually did an act of acquisition, and so he gave it. All right. Now we're going to wonder how come each of these uh, moraim doesn't agree with the others. Um, uh, uh, these these Rabbi uh, says a tana, but we're just applying his opinion here. Each of these answers, why wouldn't uh, 
the ones who propose these answers agree with the other one. So the rest of them won't agree with Rav because the Mishnah doesn't say that it's the associate that he always gives it to. So how can you assume that? Shmuel, uh, uh, you can't say what Shemuel said because in the Mishnah doesn't say that he gives it to a third party. That would be an important detail and it's not in the Mishnah, so we, uh, how can you assume it? And like Ula, Ula said the third one, According to the Biyose, um, but the Biyose is a is a minority opinion, and so we're not going to assume that the Mishnah is like a minority opinion, and that's why not everybody agrees with Ola, and so therefore there's some uh, there's a, 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 a pro for each one, each one's able to answer, but there's also a con in each answer because each one is uh, is um, diff- has its own difficulty, and that's why. Not everybody can agree on the same answer. Next, Tenor Banan. Hamave maot et ha Kohen, vet ha Levi, vet ha Ani, liot mafrisha lehen mechel kan, mafrisha lehen bechezkat shehen kayamin. Someone who lends money to a Kohen, to a Levi, or to a poor person, and then, this is just repeating the Mishnah, uh, will deduct from what they eventually separate from the amount of the loan, you can assume that the person is still alive. Okay, that's just a repeat, but that B'dayta is going to continue and add about five more stipulations and uh, details about it. So the farmer can make an agreement at the beginning, at that time, he says, when the price of the produce, the apples, right, the price goes up, the price goes down, depending on when. So what would be the set price? So the farmer can say it will be the cheapest price, whether the cheapest price is now when, when I'm making the loan or if it gets cheaper later when the, I actually um, separate the produce. I want the cheapest amount. That's, that, that's how I'm going to assess the value of, uh, of, of it. Uh, so this will benefit the, uh, the, the lender, the, the landowner. Um, so this is why it makes sense. So Because when, when you're selling futures, listen, I'm guaranteeing you a price now, and you get the money right now up front, but in, in return... The um, the lender uh, will get the will get the lowest price. The lowest price is good for him because that means that if the apple is worth a dollar now, but in the future only fifty cents, then in the future when he separates it, it will only deduct from the loan fifty cents. And so uh, the uh, so it will require twice as many apples uh, before the loan is paid off, which is good for the. A landowner is a negative for the um, uh, for the uh, kohen. Um, now, even though that means that the kohen technically is uh, is losing out and will have to pay more back, right? He's going to have to give up more apples than he would have had we got, followed the price uh, then or the higher price. So it looks like actually it could be the beat, right? Because if I'm uh, lending you a thousand dollars, and now at the point that I, that is, is time to uh, uh, at the point that I'm separating it, uh, separating it, I am deducting actually at the current price two thousand dollars worth of apples, right? So in effect, the coin is paying more than he received. But in this case, we don't say that's the beat. 
because this loan, after all, the Kohen is never going to actually pay back, right? It's a bit of a, a, of a legal fiction. We're calling it a loan, but really it's like I'm paying you now for the future, Tirumama said, uh, that's going to happen. And if the farmer disappears, goes out of business, doesn't have any, any produce that, that year, then he's never going to get paid back anyway. And so it's not like the farmer is going to get more money. It's not really to beat because he's not getting any more money. It's just that he will be able to deduct more produce from the from the land. And so that's why it's not considered a beat. And it's also uh, it can go right through Shivi'it. Shivi'it at the end of the seventh year will not cancel the loan because after all, the loan really is not going to be paid anyway. Right? He's never going to come and say, hey, give me back, give me the money. He's only deducting, um, using it to deduct so he doesn't have to give ma'asid. If the lender wants to change his mind, he's not allowed to change his mind. If he says, listen, you know what? Um, I, I want to give you the give you the produce instead, right? Maybe the, the, the price went up. And so I'd rather give you the produce and I don't want to deduct uh, the, the loan and give me the money for the loan. He can't do that, right? That's it. Once he made this deal, the lender cannot go back again. Back. Uh, on it. If the landowner had yeush regarding the loan, he despaired of ever retrieving the loan. He said, let's say, um, the there's no crop that year. He says, listen, I'm not even going to have an, any anything growing and they're not going to pay back. He's not going to pay back. I can't, won't be able to deduct anything. And he wrote off, he already wrote off the loss. Um, and But then all of a sudden something did grow then he cannot you cannot deduct from it anymore uh, because you can't separate Tiruma or Maaser on the basis of a loan that you already wrote off because then he don't actually he doesn't owe it anymore that Kohen or Levi doesn't owe it because I already had Yush and so he has to keep in mind so it's not you know he has to keep in mind that yes I'm expecting to get paid back he is going to pay me back, but in reality, he knows the guy probably already spent the money. He's a poor person. He's not going to have capital to pay it, but I'm still expecting him to pay it. But I, I know that I'm going to have produce and I'll deduct that, right? So he's expecting it to be paid in that way. But if he thinks he's not going to have produce, it didn't rain, and he already gave up on, uh, on any possibility of collecting or deducting from it, then he can no longer go back and use it for deduction. All right, that's the end of the Braita, and now we're going to analyze each part. Amar Mor, Posekimahen Keshad Hazol, Peshita, the farm owner can say, I want to assess the produce according to the lowest market rate, whatever it will be. So isn't that obvious? He can do that. is teaching us that even if you didn't say it explicitly, it's as if you said it. That's the whole point of making this, right? The benefit to the Kohen or Levi is that they get their money up front and they're guaranteed. I'm not going to pick a different Kohen or Levi or poor person. That's their benefit. The benefit to the farmer is that he can get a good price now uh, for it because he can assume, listen, you'll agree, right, to the lowest price, even if he doesn't say it. That's how the transaction always goes. And so that is implied. How come this is not liable to interest? Um, even if the price goes down and now he can deduct twice as much of his, his produce, 
than the higher market value would allow for. Because since if the farmer has no produce, he's not going to collect anything. When he does pro have, have produce, we also don't say it's Ribit. The farmer is not actually getting any more money. It would be Ribit if I give you $1,000 and you give, back, give me back $1,001. That is interest. But now he's not getting back anything at all. Um, so the amount of deduction, that's not, the increase in the amount of deduction is not called ribit. That's all, that's all f f uh, fits in with the, uh, with the total deal. And uh, it can go right through shivit. Shivit will not uh, cancel the loan uh, because we don't call this collecting the loan. That's if I go to you and I say, hey, give me that $1,000 after the shivit. Eat. That's not allowed. But there's no expectation here of you ever paying back the loan. Uh, so therefore, we can go through Shiviit and I can still deduct the uh, produce from the amount of the loan. It says if he wants to change his mind, he cannot change his mind. Which way? Uh, who's changing their mind? So this only applies to the landowner, he cannot change his mind and go to the queen and says, you know what? I changed my mind. Give me, I want you to actually pay back him. Give me that thousand dollars. He cannot do that. The queen can come and say, listen, uh, you, you, you lent me a thousand dollars. I want to pay back. I want to pay you back. And, uh, and uh, I, I don't, I don't want you to deduct the uh, produce. Um, and he can he can decide that the Kohen might not even get the produce after that after that might not be his friend and well, maybe I'll give it to a different Kohen but nevertheless the Kohen can go back on the deal if he wants and we know that because Mishnah Baba Messiah says even if the um, purchaser gave money but did not take some takes uh, take the the produce the um the seller can renege on the deal this is in general um any sale uh if i'm at the supermarket and right i, I put my stuff down there or better you know a, a store where there's something behind the counter i didn't touch it yet right right I just want to give me that pack of batteries and i pay for it and the um the store owner took the money but I didn't yet touch the batteries. I didn't take the batteries yet. The sale is not final um, because transferring money doesn't uh, doesn't effectuate the sale. Only when I pick up the batteries that that effectuates the sale. And so therefore, I can change my mind. Here also, we apply the same thing. Even though I gave money to the kohen, I gave it as a loan. But even if I gave it as a sale, uh, the kohen did not actually acquire the produce because, well, at that time it doesn't exist, and the kohen actually. He's never going to come over and is never going to take it. And since he didn't take it yet, he can say, um, before, this is before I separated it, before I give it to a third party or do something else to effectuate the transaction, since it's not effectuated yet, the Quen can, said, can say, listen, no, I, you know what, I don't want the futures of your uh, future uh, produce that you're going to separate. Here's back the money, and because there's no uh, legal way that we can uh, force him to take something, to own something that he didn't um, pull. Okay, Nityashua Baalim and Mafrish Alehen, the Fisha and Mafrishin Al Ha'abud. If uh, the owner said, Oh, okay, he's not, I'm not going to have produce, and 
Um, therefore, I'm never going to collect my money. Once he says that, now he can't use it to deduct anyway either. Pishita, isn't this obvious? La sericha de akun, mahu de tema akanta miletahi kamashmalan. We need this for a case not only where it didn't rain and there's no produce at all. In that case, for sure, I said, oh, I'm not going to get my money back ever. I'm writing off the loan. Right? That would be Pishita. But this, uh, uh, this phrase of the Braita comes to teach us that even where um, there, there were stalks that grew, something grew, but they were kind of dried out. And uh, you might have thought that, well, since there, there is growth of stalks, so that's something significant. And therefore, I didn't fully despair, right? I was like, hey, it doesn't look like anything of value is going to grow here. Um, but, you know, there's a, still a chance. Um, but once I already had that thought, that nothing's going to grow, um, even though even though there's something there. So I might have thought that in that case, it's not fully give yeush. So kamash malan, the Braita comes to teach that that's also called yeush, right? If stalks grew but they're all dried out, then most farmers say, oh, nothing of value is going to grow, even in that case, and they write off the loan. And once that happens, then even if something does somehow grow miraculously. I cannot use that loan anymore and deduct from it. I have to go and take to the mama, I said, and give it to the Kohen Levi and to the Ani. Tanya. Now, another Braita. Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov Omer, Hamave ma'ot et ha-Kohen ve'et ha-Levi ve'et din u'metu mafrish alahen b'chezkat oto ha-Shebet. Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov teaches that someone, a farmer, a farmer who lends money to a Kohen or a Levi in a Betin, and then that Kohen or Levi die, the farm owner can continue to separate Terumah and Maaser, and even though the, that person is not alive, um, he can do it by assuming the entire tribe, right? So the entire tribe kind of takes on the loan, and uh, and therefore the farmer says, I'm taking this off, and um, the tribe is forgiving the loan, so I don't have to give the Terumah to a different Kohen, like a different Kohen can't come and say, well, that Kohen died, so therefore you still owe a Terumah, so give me the Terumah, or give it to some Kohen. No, the whole tribe is in agreement because you did it in Betin, and so Betin has the power to represent all Kohanim or all Leviim, and so we can continue to deduct from the loan even though the original Kohen or Levi has died. And similarly, if he'd made a deal for Maaser Ani with a certain poor person, and he did it in Betin, and then that Ani died, he can continue to deduct from that loan um, and assume that all the poor people are kind of like themselves, a group, a tribe, and have collectively agreed that the loan will continue and uh, I, the farmer, can deduct from that loan still. Okay, so that's the opinion of Rabbi Ali bin Akov, who says, Ani Yisrael. Rabbi Ahai agrees, but just a slightly different formulation. Omer, Bechazkat Ani Olam. Even all poor people in the world. In other words, even if there were somehow no poor people in Israel, um, it could still be the that guy that died was the last poor person, Jewish poor person ever. Um, still, I could continue deducting for the other poor people in the world. Now, my Benai, who will be a practical difference between these two opinions? 
If there were Samaritan poor, um, so do they count? Uh, according to the Irvielis Ben Yaakov, they do not count. And if there's no Jewish poor people, uh, maybe not in the whole world, maybe in that area for me to actually give it to, right? It has to be practical. I have to be able to give the... Uh, the poor person, this produce, and there's no poor, there's no Jewish poor people in the area. Then I can no longer deduct. Whereas, according to Rav Achai, if there's some Samaritan poor people in the area, then they also count. Okay. There's a baraita here that said, that teaches. Let's say that poor person. I made a deal with the poor person, and when he was poor, but then in the meantime, before my produce became ready, he became rich. He won the lottery. So now I can't. He doesn't. I can't give him the maaser ani. He's not poor enough for it. Then I cannot uh, deduct the loan from it. And not only that, but that or, or formerly poor person keeps the money that he had. Why does he keep the money? Because this kind of loan, no one expects is ever going to be paid back. And so, basically, the the farm, the owner, the the landowner forgives the loan. That guy, that poor person, even though he won the lottery, doesn't even have to return the thousand dollars. And I, the farmer, have to go and separate Maser Ani and give it to a different poor person. Okay, so that's the Braita Virabanan, Mai Shena Limita de Avud Takanta, Mai Shena La Shirut de la Avud Takanta. So now we ask the, the rabbis in general, um, at what's the difference between uh, when the Kohen or Levi or the poor person dies? That if I do it in Betin, the rabbis made a takana and said, um, you know what, we'll assume that you can continue deducting from the loan because we'll make it that the all the co- the whole tribe or all aniim uh, will be part of this deal and uh, they will kind of assume the loan and you can continue uh, deducting it. Um, how come they made, this is a takana, a special, a special law that the Betin is allowing the person to do. How come they only made that if or when the poor person dies but if the poor person becomes rich they didn't make such a takana they said oh it became rich well then that's it sorry right you don't have to eat you you have to you can't deduct the loan is forgiven and you have to go find another poor person how come they didn't make the same takana and say all right this guy's not poor but there's other poor people and so the poor people in general will assume the loan from now on why don't they make the same takana we see by the way that this is a takana the rabbis are going out of their way to help this type of deal go through because they it's beneficial for the poor people for poor people it encourages the landowners to go and be uh, uh, proactive and give to the poor and give them early on and give them a lump sum and that's the way it's guaranteed. They know what's good, they know how much they're going to get, um, even if possibly in the end it might be less than they would have gotten otherwise. But overall, it's for their benefit to have uh, more or less fixed income at the beginning of the year. So the rabbis were interested in making sure this happens, and that's why they said, listen, and don't worry if the guy dies, come do it in Betin. Even if that guy dies, you can still, can, you won't lose your money, farmer, you can still keep deducting. So how come the rabbis made that special takana when the poor person dies, but not when he gets rich? And the answer is, because death is common, and people always, everybody dies, and every poor person is going to die, and so the farmer owner will be worried and say, I don't want to give it to this guy. He might die. 
and then I'm going to lose all my money. And so there, the rabbis had to make a takana. But a poor person becoming rich, that happens less often, right? Every poor person dies, not every poor person gets rich. And so therefore, we didn't have to worry about that more unusual case. Um, uh, the farmer will say, well, the chances he's going to get rich. Oh, I'll, that's okay, I'll take my chances in that regard. A fun play on words. Papa says, this is the folk saying, is if you hear a rumor that your friend has died, then believe it, asher, right? It's true. If you hear a rumor that your poor friend became wealthy, don't believe it, right? It's probably just a rumor. Um, okay, but it's a nice play on words. It ashad with an ayin and asher with an alif. Next uh, close of the Mishnah, met sarich litol reshut, if the Kohen or Levi died, um, and this is not, not in Betin, this is the second to last clause, no Betin, uh, then the loan goes to the children and you have to, the farmer has to go and um, uh, confirm the deal that if he wants to continue doing it with the children and say to the children, listen, you don't have to pay back, but I want to be able to deduct the produce. That I would give to that I would give to you as to the Malma said. Tanya, Rabbi Omer, Yorshin Sheyarshu. Rabbi in this Braita explains the Mishnah says we're talking about heirs who inherit. Umika Yorshin Delayate, and then we wonder what was Rabbi saying about this? What do you mean? are there heirs who don't inherit if they're Yorshin? Doesn't that by definition mean that they're inheriting? explains words. It means that they inherited land and not just not that they inherited only money. The reason is, as we mentioned, um, if the if the heirs inherit land, then they also inherit the obligation to pay back the loan. So the loan continues, and that's why the farmer can come and say hey, you have an outstanding loan, you have land, so you have to pay back the loan. If you want, don't pay back the loan and allow me to deduct the amount uh, the Tiruman Ma said. So that's when he, um, he would renegotiate and make sure the deal continues. But if the, land, if the inheritors inherited only money, then they have no obligation to pay back the loan at all. The rabbi say it's a mitzvah, it's nice to clear your, the, your father's debts, and have a good name, but they have no legal obligation because they have no legal obligation to pay back the loan. So then that's it. The, uh, the, the farm owner uh, lost out and he has to go and separate to the man ma'aseh. Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Hiniach melo ma'achat, gobeh melo ma'achat, melo kordom, gobeh melo kordom. Rabbi Yonatan says, uh, if the father died and left a tiny piece of land, only enough that you could put a needle there. That's how big the land is. Um, well, in that case, all that they, all, all the the loan is uh, continues. It's true, but the all, the amount that they, that they uh, that they have to pay would be, would be only the value of that land, right? How much is a piece of land um, worth that much? Well, maybe in Manhattan it's worth a lot, um, a square uh, a millimeter. Okay, whatever it is, is it worth uh, five dollars? So then the the um, the the lender can only collect five dollars. That's it because it's that's it's the value of the land. And if the land was a little bigger, the size of an X, uh, so this big, not that much bigger, um, then again he can only collect that much. Maybe that would be fifty dollars. Um, so according to the Bionatan, that's all he would be able to collect, and so that would, wouldn't be that much. You have to depends on the size of the land. If I made a deal. 
for uh, $100,000 of produce and they only have land worth, worth uh, 50000 then I would only be able to deduct that much. Rabbi Yochanan says, no, it doesn't work that way. If you have any land at all that the, you inherited, then I can collect the full amount of it. Um, the example he uses, even if it's only a, a needle's worth, a size of a needle, the land, I can collect even an axe full of land, even though it's not so big. But he really means, he's just using the same uh, terminology as Biyonatan, Biyonatan really means that you can collect even a million dollars, even if there's a tiny piece of land. And, well, how could you ever do that? Well, you could, because like uh, it would be like the story of the small amount of land in the court that came uh, of Abaye. This is a story that was uh, we learned in Masechet Ketubot, uh, where these inheritors uh, had... Um, they, they inherited a small piece of land. Um, uh, let's say there was a $100,000 loan, and this land was only worth 50000 And so the lender came and said, okay, I'm collecting your land. I'm taking, I'm seizing your land in partial payment of the loan. So they take the land, $50,000. Um, good. Now the heirs say, listen, this is our ancestral land. We really want it. So they buy it back. Where they pay, they pay, they have cash, uh, so they buy it back from the lender. Okay, now they own the land. The lender comes a second time and says, I'm seizing it again because this is to pay back the rest of the loan. So he can re-seize the same land as many times as he needs to in order to fulfill the loan. And therefore, even if it's a tiny piece of land, one size of one needle, he can, he can seize it again and again until the, pay, uh, the entire loan is paid. And therefore, the entire loan is considered outstanding, even if there's a tiny piece of land. Tenor Rabanan, Yisrael Shamar Ledevi, Maaser Yesh Lecha Biyadi, En Choshishin Litrumat Maaser Shebo. Kor Maaser Yesh Lecha Biyadi, Choshishin Litrumat Maaser Shebo. This Baraita is about a new case, that's a variation of the case of the Mishnah. A farmer who's a Yisrael comes to a Levi and says and tells him, I have Maaser in my hands that belongs to you. In other words, his produce was ready. He separated Maaser Ishan for a specific Levi in mind. And he comes to the Levi and he says, Listen, um, I, I separated it with you in mind, so it's yours, but it's still on my farm. And he offers him money. He says, Here, take the value instead. And I'll keep the produce. Um, in that case, and Choshishin, we don't have to worry about the Tirumatma said that's in it. This Baraita is enigmatic. We're going to see three interpretations of it. Uh, so, but the, the basic thing is that because this is an unspecified amount, he didn't tell him how much Ma said. He says, I have an unspecified amount of Ma said. That's in my farm. That's for you. We don't have to worry about Tirumatma said. That's the tenth of the tenth. Uh, that the Levi is responsible to give to a Kohen. So we'll see what those words mean. But anyway, we don't worry about whatever that is. However, if I come to the, I'm the Yisrael farmer, I come to the Levi and I say, I have a kod, right, a uh, measurement of Maser on my, in my land that belongs to you. I separated it and I had you in mind. And here I'm going to pay you for it instead. 
In that case, uh, since I specified the amount, I do have to worry about Tirumat Maser that the, we'll see who, but we're going to start off assuming that the Levi might have taken, or uh, even mentally, might have taken Tirumat Maser from the Maser on my farm. And now I wouldn't be able to just, even if I pay him for it, I wouldn't be able to eat that, that, uh, that Maser because there may be Tirumat Maser in it. Okay, my kamar, what does this b'raita mean? Interpretation number one, Amar Abayahachi kamar. Yisrael shamar levi, maser yesh lecha biyadi vehelech tamav. En hoshishin shema asaot tirumat maser al makom acher. I come to the levi and I say, I separated tiruma on uh, unspecified amount in my farm for you. And I'm, I, I, I offer him the money. We don't worry that that levi... In the meantime, before he accepts the money, decides, oh, you know what? I have a, I have a whole bunch of produce um, on my own of my own that I need to take to the mat maser. A lot of other people gave him uh, maser. He has to take to the mat maser on it. He said, I know. I'll designate. He see all this. He does in his mind. I'll designate from my field. The the levi will designate from the Israel's field. All of that terumat maser will be all that all of that maser will be teruma, and that will cover the rest of the produce that I own, and so that I gave all my uh, terumat maser um, that I have elsewhere. I don't have to worry about that. The reason I don't have to worry about it because I didn't tell him how much it is, so he won't be able to make a calculation, and so therefore. I can assume that he did not do that. He did not take to the matma said at that point. And then once I pay him the money, uh, once I give him the money, then that's it. Then he doesn't belong to him anymore. So he wouldn't be able to uh, take uh, the uh, designate to the matma said from there. That's case one. However, if I tell him how much it is, it's a kor. And I have it on my farm, and it, it, it belongs to you. Um, and here, I'm going to offer you money for it. Here's what we worry. The Levi can kind of double-cross the Israel, and the Levi can say, can say oh, there's a cord there? Of, uh, right, a cord I, happens to be, I have 10 cord of, uh, of produce that uh, other, other farmers gave me, and I didn't take Tiruma from it. So you know what? I have to take ten, give ten percent of that others of those others. And I will designate all of this Israel's produce that he still has in his, on his farm. That will be my terumat maser to cover everything else. And then he takes the money too. Now I'm the farmer. I paid for it, so now it should belong to me. Yeah, it belongs to me. However, I go home and actually it's all teruma, so I can't even eat any of it. Um, so that is a problem and I have to worry that he did that and I won't be able to go ahead and eat it. I'm going to have to go and um, find some Kohen to be able to eat all the things at home. So if it's unspecified amount, I don't worry about that. If it is a specified amount, then I have to worry about that. That's Abaye's interpretation. But the Gemara rejects it. What do you think? We're dealing with evil people? This Levi is going to double cross the Israel and he's going to basically stealing because he's taking money 
and he also made that maaser terumat maaser so that I can't even use it. So when he could, I mean, technically it would work if he did that, but we don't assume that the Braita is addressing the law to evil people that would double cross and trick the Israel. So second interpretation. Yisrael shamar leben levi. I am the Israel farmer. I go to the son of a Levi and say, listen, I, um, I, I, I separated this Maaser uh, um, on behalf of your father, and then your father died. Um, so now um, you, you inherit it. So, um, it but, and so it's, in my, it's on my farm, but it belongs to you. Here is the money. So this solves the problem that we had before um, because um, I, I separated while that guy, while the father was alive, and now we don't know. We can't even ask him. Did you designate that as Tirumatma said or not? And he would be able to because he did. This was before when he was alive. If he wanted to take Tirumatma said, he could have done that. So here the law is and We don't worry that the father designated my. Um, uh, produce the produce on my land as terumat maaser for other produce that he had because it's unspecified, so he wouldn't be able to make any calculation that that would be ten percent of some other amount. However, if I tell the son, listen, when your father was around, I told him that I'm I, I'm separating on behalf of him a cord of teruma of, of maaser, and in that case, I do have to suspect that the father may have said, oh, there's a court over there of Maaseh that belongs to me. You know what? I'll designate that as, as Tirumat to cover the rest of the produce that I have. And now I give it to this. Now I'm giving money to the son. Here is here is uh, money. Now the son doesn't know whether the father did or not. So there's no um, ethical breach that the son is double crossing me. Um, so in the first case, if it's unspecified amount, I can go home and take that and take that maaser because I paid for it. So now it's mine. Maaser rishon, as we said before, has no prohibition. Uh, so it's only a monetary obligation, um, but it can be eaten by anybody. And so I can go home and eat it. But if I said a cord um, that I told the father that there was a cord there, then I have to suspect that the father might have taken that, used that as teruma. In that case, I can only um, give or sell that produce to a kohen. All right, so that's the second interpretation. But then we reject that too. Uh, we're assuming that the father is a haver. Haver is someone who's very meticulous in the laws of Turumah Maaser. And someone like that is not going, you're not supposed to separate uh, from one pile to another pile that's not nearby. Um, the reason for that is because, let's say I have this pile here, and I say, oh, the pile that is somewhere else will be Turumah for this. You shouldn't do that because who knows if that pile over there is still there. Maybe it blew away. Maybe it was stolen. You should only do it if it's right in front of you. And therefore, a properly acting Haver uh, uh, Levi would not say, oh, the, the produce that's on this Israel's land, that I'm not even there, will be Tirumat uh, Maser for other produce. So we don't assume that someone would have done that. Rather, a third interpretation, and this third interpretation is going to have to actually um, uh, uh, reword 
uh, the the uh, the um, actually switched the end to the um, uh, to the first case as follows: Ben Israel Levi. So it's not the the father. The one who has the father is the Israel. So this is Israel, whose um, whose father died, and now he is he inherits the uh, the farm and the produce, and he goes to a Levi and says, li Abba, lecha biyadi, o biyadi. So I I go to a Levi and I say, um, my father told me that he separated some uh, produce and it's on it's on my farm and it belongs to you or it belongs to your father. Father. And so now, Choshishim Litrumat Maser Shebo Kevan de la Kitz, La Hava Metaken Le Bal Habait. In that case, I, the Israel, have to worry that. In that uh, ma'aser that my father designated, there is still trumat ma'aser in it that hasn't been separated. Why? Because there's no designation of how much it was, and so my father didn't calculate how much it was, so he would not have separated out the trumat ma'aser. Trumat ma'aser, the typical way it works is that I, Israel, would give ma'aser to the Levi, the Levi would take a tenth of that and give it to a Kohen. But in practice, it was often easier, as the Gemara will say in a minute, for the farmer himself to separate the, the ma'asir and himself to take a tirumat ma'asir and then give that tirumat ma'asir to a kohen and the ma'asir and the rest, the 9% to a levi. And so let's assume that he's doing it that way. Um, because it was an unspecified amount, I cannot assume that my father already separated the Tumat Maser. So now I go to Levi and say, listen, my father separated some uh, ter- some Maser that belongs to you. Here's the money for it. When I go home, I still have to take Tirumat Maser, a tenth of that, and give it to the Kohen, right? Because it was unspecified. However, Kod Maser Lecha Biyadi, or Kod Maser Leavicha Biyadi, and Choshishin Tumat Maser Shevo Kevan Dechitz Takunet if I go to the Levi, I'm the farmer Israel, and I say a specified amount, there's a koda maser that belongs to you, it's on my farm, um, uh, or um, a koda maser of your father, right? I made this deal with your father, and it's, in, it's on my farm, and all this is my father told me, right? My father had separated maser and given it either to you or to your father. So now I pay for it and I go home and Choshishin. I don't have to worry about there being Turumat Maser in it. Why? Because it's a, it's a fixed amount of cord. Certainly the father would have said, when, while he was separating the Maser, he would have said, how much is it? A cord? Okay, I know how much it is. So you know I'm going to take a tenth of that and designate it as separated as Tirumat Maser and he already separated it, gave it to the Kohen and now I can eat the rest of whatever is there. And so you see in order for this to work you have to switch uh, the, the first one is the first case of unspecified is where Choshishin, the second case is where En Choshishin, that is Ravashe's interpretation and we uh, don't have any questions about that. But now, except this one question, but this is a more general question. Can an owner 
take Trumat Maaser as as Israel, don't I have to give it to Levi so that Levi can give it to a Kohen? It makes a difference because if I separate it, I can do any Kohen I want. The Levi, he, he says, no, I want all 10% so that he can pick his friend who's a, who's a Kohen to give it to. So am I allowed to even do that? And the answer is yes. In Abba El-Azar ben Gamlahi, this Baraita is the opinion of Abba El-Azar ben Gamla, the Tanya. Abba El-Azar ben Gamla Omer, V'nechshav lachem terumatchem, says regarding the Ma'asir Sheni, that it will be like your terumot, in plural. Why does it say it in plural? Right, that that pasuk is talking about terumat maaser that the Levi gives to a kohen, and yet it says it in plural. Why? Um, because it's comparing terumat gedola. That's the two percent or so that the Israel gives directly to the kohen, and it's comparing that to the terumat maaser that the Levi gives to the Kohen from his Ma'asir that he receives and comparing it for many laws. Number one, Just like Turma Gedola, it's not an exact amount. I can give about, all right, I'll give about 2%. I don't have to measure it exactly. So too, Turmat Ma'asir can also be done by by uh, estimation, all right, even though that actually is a fixed amount, but he can estimate what it is. Also, one can do it in one's mind. I don't have to physically separate it. I can say the 2% that's on the left side is going to be teruma. The Levi can also do that for terumat maser. And the next comparison, just like the owner, the farmer, the Israel, can take terumat gedola, give it to the Kohen, so too he can take terumat maser. First, the owner, the farmer, takes uh, separates maser. This is 10%. And then the farmer himself can take uh, 10% of that and give it to the Kohen and uh, preempt the Levi. So yes, uh, it can be done um, as long as you assume we're following about Elazar ben, ben Gamla, so Rabashe assumes that this Baraita is following that opinion. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.